Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the On The Rocks podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman alongside my colleague Patrick Saunders joining us in studio by telephone and we are celebrating opening day here today on Thursday, March 26th, even as of course MLB opening day is postponed indefinitely and Patrick, uh, you know, we covered it pretty extensively on the front page of the sports section today, but um, it's only happened twice in my lifetime, and I don't remember the last time it did in 95, where there hasn't been a major league opening day. And, uh, you know, I think we should take a minute to to grieve this, to lament it, and to just get all the feelings out there, because this is an unusual feeling. It's uncharted territory for baseball fans. Yeah, it really is. You know, we, we had a conference call yesterday uh, with uh, Kyle Freeland, the Rockies, homegrown pitcher. You know, he, I think he said it well. I mean, it's strange, as I think is one of the words he used. I think he also said weird. It's just the world we're living in right now is unprecedented, really. And, you know, this is a rite of spring, opening day, and everything that comes with it, be it in San Diego, where we were supposed to be today for the Rockies opener against the Padres, or next Friday, the home opener, which is, in some sense, Colorado's biggest party of the year, you know, that's all gone by the wayside, and we, we all know the reasons why. But, you know, baseball, that's one of the reasons I love it so much, Kyle. It's, um, there, there's a romance to it. I mean, you don't celebrate the opening day of football, right? I mean, it's, right. it's a big deal. It's the first game, or it's the first game of the basketball season, the NHL season. Yeah, that's great. People are excited, but it's not opening day like baseball and it's it's been so ingrained in our history and it's such a big deal and I think it has to do with not just the game but the fact that the long winter is unofficially or finally over and it's just it's special and it feels very weird to me as as Kyle Friend said yesterday uh, to be sitting home uh, to not be at the ballpark for us not be writing about it at least not in a live sense. So, yeah, I, I'm feeling feeling a little off today, to tell you the truth. Yeah, and Patrick, I don't have my AP style book in front of me, but there's a reason opening day is capitalized in most newspaper copy, you know, whatever copy you'll see. Like, just like you said, yeah, the openers to the NFL season, obviously it's kind of become an American holiday in itself just with how big the NFL's become. Um, but... There's, there's nothing quite like the baseball opening day, the pageantry of it. Like you said, uh, the long winter being over, the kind of the tease of spring, and then the, that tease turns into a, a grind and, and monotony for, for players, reporters alike. So to get to today, you know, the 26th of March, where I thought I'd be talking to you in San Diego, you'd be giving us a podcast from uh, the clubhouse there. But alas, as, as we've gone into depth coronavirus pandemic delaying the MLB season indefinitely so now that we've lamented we've had a little therapy session patch Patrick thank you for you know bouncing our feelings off of each other 
let's let's go into some memories. Let's brighten this thing up a little bit. And of course, Mr. Saunders, we will start with you because as the veteran sports writer, you were there at the uh, very first Rockies opening day back at Mile High. And then you were also, of course, at the opening day at Coors Field in 1995. That opening day, April 26th, delayed because of the strike. So unusual circumstances there. But Take me inside uh, those two ones, and, and what do you remember uh, from both of those? And covering from the for the Longmont newspaper, right? Yeah, actually, good point. Yeah, I was still at the the Longmont Daily Times call back then. He's um, ninety three. You know what I remember most of that? We all know that Eric Young won the game uh, with the home run, right? But the thing I remember most about that was the enormity of the crowd. I mean, there was, and, you know, I don't have the exact figure in front of me. I suppose I can look it up as we talk. But I believe it was over 80,000, more than 80,000 people. And just the enormity of the day and the moment, we'd waited so long and been teased so many times for the Major League, for Major League Baseball to finally come to Colorado. And then the fans turned out, more than 4 million fans that season. Uh, it, was, it was just an unbelievable atmosphere. And I remember thinking, it looked so weird to me to have this. I'd gone to Denver Bears and Denver Zephyrs games as a kid, but to see a Major League Baseball game with the uh, Mile High Stadium fans uh, stands completely full was just an amazing moment. That's what I remember about about '93 more than anything. Um, the thing I remember about '95, and you're well aware of this, I'm sure. That's first game in Coors Field history, April 26th. Dante Bichette hits a a home run in the uh, walk-off home on the 14th to win it. I remember how cold it was, but I also always remember that little fist bump and that little uh, that little grin that Dante had when he, when he hit that uh, that home run to Chris and Coors Field. That was amazing. And then my other memories, I think two stand out. There's been so many, but uh, 2014, of course, Chuck Nasty, Charlie Blackman, six for six day, a home run and three doubles. You know, he was on the bubble, roster bubble that spring training. Some people thought he wouldn't make the 25-man roster, yet he started. He had an historic day. He became an all-star that year. He became a fan favorite. You know, and the rest, as they say, is history. And then uh, 2016, it wasn't a home opener, but it was down in uh, at Chase Field. And Trevor Story, who just had remarkable spring training to, to bust in as the starter, he hits two home runs at Chase Field off Zach Greinke. Uh, I believe it was his first two at-bats. I may be wrong about that. But um, just, I mean, you think about it, opening day has just had some really great moments for the Rockies baseball. Yeah, Patrick, and a, a couple notes on some of those games you mentioned. The home opener for Colorado, franchise home opener, April 9th, 1993, 11-4 win over Montreal. Patrick, as you mentioned, 80,227 people at that game. And, uh, you know, the interest waned a little bit, but for baseball attendance, it was just, you know, unseen throughout the rest of that series and throughout the rest of that season, you know, 65, 66, 52, 57 uh, throughout the rest of that homestand. So, people turning out in droves to uh, see the Rockies. And obviously I was three years old at that time, but I think looking back at just all the attendance records they set and the way people turned out in mass uh, to mile high, the first couple seasons, and then to Coors Field starting in 1995, it kind of asserted like 
the region's thirst for baseball. You know, this town uh, had waited a long time for Major League Baseball to get here. And when it finally came, uh, they came out and supported it in droves. And Patrick, like you said, the Chuck Nasty 6-for-6 day was also notable. But I think Trevor Story's performance in his first Major League game hitting two home runs, I mean, maybe we didn't know it then. And, of course, he kind of proved it over this those next six, seven games uh, but that was definitely a, a premonition of things to come and, and what we're seeing from True Story right now. So uh, lots of great moments. It's too bad we won't have another one this year, but hopefully maybe sometime in July, right, Patrick? Yeah, I hope. I mean, I'm listening to people say maybe June. That's what I predicted a couple weeks ago. Now some people are saying it would be post-All-Star break, which would be about middle of July, maybe July 1st. I don't know. Um, boy, it's a, uh, you know, every day we sit home and if you're a news junkie like I am, you start to, uh, to wonder, you know, just is the season going to happen at all? Because this coronavirus is just spiking all over the place and the Olympics have been canceled. Um, we have no idea what's going to happen with the NBA or NHL playoffs, um, it's just a very unfortunate situation. And you and I both know there are things much more important than baseball in this day and age. But uh, this is our jobs, and this is what we, we love and we we crave and we're obsessive about. I sure hope they have a season coming up, but the longer this goes on, the more problematic it becomes. And, of course, Patrick, today, opening day, MLB, but also in Colorado. Now we're under a statewide shut-in. got to stay in your houses and everything. As you mentioned, NBA, NHL seasons completely up in the air as to how they're going to finish those. Uh, we're already seeing you know summer stuff being canceled, the Tokyo Olympics being pushed back a year. So it's, it's not looking good, especially when you consider the ramp-up time necessary for baseball in particular to get back into action you're looking you know three at least two weeks to uh, minimum to get back out there and then when you do Patrick you know whether it's June if we're talking best case I think at this point July uh, I mean if you get into August I'm not sure how you're going to have a season but when you get to that point then you got to look at all right how are we going to rework the schedule as you mentioned on I think last week's podcast do you just basically do all divisional games? I mean, do you obviously teams going to have to be playing every day? Are, are teams going to be allowed more pitchers on their rosters? Uh, is, the, is the playoff field going to be amended or shortened in any form so we can get this baseball in before the calendar turns to you know mid-November and it's basically snowing across America? Tons of questions, and really Major League Baseball and Commissioner Rob Manfred can't really answer a lot of these because everything is so in flux. And as you said, Patrick, with this coronavirus just kind of spiking across the United States, it's it's hard to say when life will return to normal and we'll get our professional sports back. Yeah, as you mentioned, Kyle, there's so many issues, right, from the uh, the little ones. I mean, little in, in the large scheme of things. I mean, will there be an all-star game at all? Uh, to, as you mentioned, what will the schedule look like? Will it be completely altered? But there's so many long-term issues that are going to arise from this um, service time for player contracts. I'm sure there's, you know, I'm sure they're haggling already. I'm sure MLB and the players union is haggling right now about service time. What about free agency, right? Uh, Nolan Arenado, uh, 
if, if they don't play this year, what does his contract mean? Does that mean he's got one year left? Does he still have two years of playing with the Rockies before he can reach his opt-out? I mean, I don't know the answers to some of these questions right now. And, and I think baseball is probably, you know, the, the powers that be are probably tearing their hair out with so many contingency plans. Um, boy, it's just, you know, I, I'm glad I'm not a, a, a lawyer for the Players Union or Major League Baseball because I'm, sure, uh, I'm sure it's going to get really testy here as things go along. And not that they both don't want what's good for the game, but they're also protecting their interests. The league is protecting the owners' interests. The union is playing, protecting the players' interests. And, you know, it seems kind of, I don't know, almost callous to us when we're all just trying to make ends meet, but it's the reality of what's going to be happening here in the next couple months as we try to sort all this out. Yeah, baseball economy surely to be impacted by millions, if not billions of dollars. Uh, and of course, the actual economy. And I'll just on the Denver Post site right now, Colorado could lose more than 250,000 jobs by summer, primarily in hospitality and retail. So uh, lots of hits all around. And hey, we're talking about the players and uh, uh, players union and the owners potentially squabbling over all these issues. We'd be remiss not to mention all the, uh, the people on the periphery and, and around course field affected by this, the stadium workers, et cetera. Now, of course, major league baseball had a $30 million package million dollars each club to help stadium workers. But, uh, with the Rockies, you know, it's kind of a complicated situation. As I imagine the case with most stadiums, you got the guest services who I imagine that $1 million might be going towards. And, uh, that's you know the, all the ushers, all the people in purple helping out around the stadium. Then you have the the Airmark folks, all the concession and vendor folks, uh, and then you have the the security people, which are employed by a different companies. So all these folks, their their jobs up in the air. You know, not to mention all the people, all the peddlers outside the stadium. You know, my favorite hot dog guy down on Wine Coop. So lots of people being affected in the baseball sphere and community by this postponement. No question. I know that uh, you know one of the the favorite baseball hotspots around Coors Field, of course, is Lake Street Tavern. And yep. uh, you and I have both been there for a long time. And I, Chris Fuselay, who owns the Lake Street Tavern, told our colleague Mark Kisla, oh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago that uh, he stands to lose about one hundred fifty thousand dollars because of opening day, the traditional home opening day in Lodo, isn't going to go on this year. Uh, that's how much his restaurant stands to lose in one single day. Uh, and you can, you know, there's so many bars and restaurants up and down the line that are going to be hurt not just by that day, but by numerous uh, evenings and afternoons when fans aren't going to be going down to Lodo, not just for because there's no Rockies baseball, but because there is no nightlife. There is no life in Lodo right now, right. You know, unless you actually live there. So. Uh, you know, and, and you and I both know this. We we're smart enough to, to know that the baseball is, is a slice of life. It's not the whole thing, but you know, for for many people, it is a big deal. It's part of their their summer culture. And um, all we can do, Kyle, is is hope that everybody's safe and sound. Hope that baseball at some point comes back. Hope that when it does come back, it's at the right time, and celebrate the game when it does return. Hey, happy opening day, everyone, even if it comes amid such dismal circumstances. Uh, play some 
baseball in the backyard with your son like I'm planning on when he gets up later from his nap. So that should be fun. little wiffle ball. Hopefully he doesn't hit it into the, the neighbor's yard. Of course, I can't go over there at this time, do the social distancing, Patrick. So uh, keep it safe. Uh, play some catch, you know, if if that's safe with, with your family in the backyard. Try, try and get some baseball in your veins. And, hey, a little Ken Burns uh, nine-part, or should I say ten-part, including the extra inning uh, miniseries, that, that also helps too, right, Patrick? Exactly. Keep reading the Denver Post because we're trying to do, and DenverPost.com, we're trying to give you every possible angle we can think of uh, to give you your baseball fix. And if I can tout uh, something else in the post that's currently going on, uh, look in DenverPost.com slash sports. Uh, find our greatest Colorado athletes uh, tournament bracket and participate because it's really a lot of fun. Uh, the first round started today. It'll count down just like March Madness to the ultimate Colorado athlete of all time is chosen by the fans. Uh, and even if we all think we probably know who that's going to be, um, still the matchups down the line are going to be a lot of fun to watch. So I'd encourage everybody to Take a few minutes and, and have some fun with that. And uh, we're all home. We we need things to do, and I think that's a that's a cool endeavor. And Patrick, I'll give you a plug too. You got a, a top twenty-five moments at or games at Coors Field in Coors Field history up right now online. That series building towards the top five uh, that'll be coming up this weekend. So that'll be in the paper as well. So check that out again, folks. Be picking up the Denver Post and head to Denver Post dot com slash Rockies and slash sports. Appreciate you listening in to the podcast as usual, folks. And until next time, take it easy.